Welcome to another episode of Hurdle. Emily Abadi here. Can I just say how happy this podcast makes me? (laughs) It's so totally corny and lame, but just yesterday I had breakfast with Fred Santarpia, my mentor, the chief digital officer at Condé Nast, guest from episode three of the pod. Later in the day, I had drinks, aka an entire bottle of rosé, with Candace Huffine, a model and founder of Activewear Line Day One, featured in episode 11. And I was also messaging with Amy Purdy, Paralympic athlete and medalist, and the guest from episode 16. It just feels so good to have these outstanding relationships and be able to bring their outrageous, inspiring stories and tidbits to you guys in the podcast world. Quick shout out to the sponsor of today's episode, Good American. That's right, like Khloe Kardashian's Good American. Co-founded by Emma Greed and Kardashian in 2016, the brand just released an activewear line that comes in sizes extra small to 4X. Head on over to goodamerican.com slash Emily and use the code EMILYGA for 20% off plus free shipping over $100 through October 31st of this year. Again, goodamerican.com slash Emily, code EMILYGA for 20% off plus free shipping over $100. Today's guest is Dr. Jason Worsland. Dr. Jason is a chiropractor based out of Santa Monica and the creator of the Theragun. You've probably seen his crazy looking tool made for muscle activation, recovery, and pain relief all over Instagram in the hands of your favorite trainers and athletes. I've got one myself and uh, next to fresh coffee and chocolate milk, it is a go-to after every single long weekend run. Dr. Jason had recently graduated from chiropractic school when he got into a horrific motorcycle accident that left him with a disc herniation and an intense pain. Like he couldn't even take a shower without being absolutely miserable. This accident led him on a quest to create an efficient, portable treatment device for his patients, including himself, to use as they needed for relief. And well, the Theragun was born. I say this all the time, but today's episode is really special. As someone who's definitely been on the injured list, Dr. Jason's positive outlook and awesome insight into how to tackle being on the bench is helpful for anyone who's ever been through a tough time. We talk about what it's like traveling the world, providing relief and educating others on the importance of muscle recovery and mobility, how his kids inspire him to be a better person, and share a few tears along the way. As always, follow along with all things Hurdle on social at Hurdle Podcast. Subscribe to the newsletter by going to hurdle.us slash featured, where you'll be greeted by a pop-up asking you for all of your deets. Take the time, pretty, pretty please, to rate and review Hurdle in the iTunes store. And last but not least, email me, say hi, ask a question, give me your feedback. Emily at hurdle.us. And that's it. Let's get to hurdling. Today, I'm sitting here with Dr. Jason Orsland. He is a chiropractor and the man behind Theragun. How you doing? Good. 
Good. Yeah. <laughs> You're like surprised. Yeah, yeah. I was like, whoa, there's a question. <laughs> great. That's the least of your worries so far <laughs> today. Before we really get into uh, this episode, I think it's important, first of all, to talk about what the Theragun is. I feel like affectionately, I think of it like feels like a power drill, but moves kind of like a jackhammer, but it's for your muscles. Yeah, so yeah. like, why don't you tell me a little bit about the Theragun and what you created? Theragun is um, handheld percussion. And the, the, the most familiar term I think people are, use is vibration, but vibration and, and percussion kind of have a different um, mechanism. If you think of the percussion instruments in a band or like a symphony or something, they're the ones that are really banging. So there's an amplitude, meaning a, a distance that that wand or something is moving. So the, the Theragun provides a percussive force rather than vibration. So vibration, if you can imagine, would probably be like a horizontal movement. Mm -hmm. And percussion is more of a vertical up and down movement. So it, people use the term jackhammer and jigsaw because it does kind of look like a power tool. Um, but it's, it's honestly, I think that it's a handheld battery operated feel good product. All right. Wow. That's the easiest way to say it. I like, like that. doesn't matter where I go in the world. It works. It makes people feel good. Uh, the, the Theragun, uh, a lot of people may know it from seeing it either courtside with Kyrie Irving and the Chiefs defensive back Marcus Peter uses it. Um, I was having a conversation the other day with uh, the fittest guy on earth, affectionately, Matt Frazier, and he couldn't say enough about it. He told me that if he's going to have a quad heavy workout, he'll use the Theragun to give his legs a quick once over before he gets going. And something like that gives him a 1% gain that he feels day after day after day. And eventually those 1% gains add up. Yeah. It's kind of crazy that you made this thing that like all of these major athletes are using. I think I read a statistic that it was like a hundred different pro teams are using this device. Yeah. And it, that statistic was actually old. There's so many more now that we've been able to go outside the world, but yeah, it's it. And it's surprising to me too, because the, the fact that Matt uses it for performance is, is amazing that, but that wasn't what, where it came from. So it's, it's, it's been a discovery for me as well. It's cool. And I love that Matt said that because that means like he got it. He, he literally was like, this is how I get an extra edge. Like I asked him what the tools in his toolbox were oh, wow. to kind of get a, a one up on the competition. Yeah. And Theragun's one of the tools in his toolbox. He's a good dude too. It doesn't yeah. hurt that he's a good a good soul. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what I'd love to do, you said that obviously that wasn't the original intent for the Theragun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to dive in uh, from the get-go and just talk a little bit about your backstory. So what were you doing, let's say, about 10 years ago around now? Uh, 10 years ago right now, I was driving on a freeway heading to school on a motorcycle. All right. And what happened on the motorcycle? It's getting close to that too. <laughs> 19, 18, 17. It's almost 11 years. Wow. Uh, I was Cairo. Um, just finished school. Um, I had a couple of things needed to do at my, my old school and I was driving there on a motorcycle and T-boned a Volkswagen Jetta going 50 so miles an hour and the Jetta won. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, you know, the, I think the, the cool thing at the time that 
is that my life was all about, at the time it was about being a chiropractor and understanding how to help other people and how can I understand the body better to be able to provide these services as a chiropractor then bam, I'm a patient. Have you always, had you always had an interest in getting into this field? Yeah, yeah, always. It took me a little bit longer. I took a little detour in my 20s, which is a whole another podcast, other podcasts I'd say, but it's... uh, it's, I've always been fascinated with the body, how it moves, how, how it heals itself, all those things that, that I think people that are interested in the body like about it. So I decided that chiropractic was the way I wanted to go. And, and I'm sports specific, um, but I also realized that there's a lot of people out there that suffer that don't have, you know, you don't go into chiropractic saying, I want to work on people that have strokes. Right. It's very rare you find that. So, you know, I think the popular thing was sports and athletics, but it really where my heart sits is people that are suffering that need the help. So. And where did you go to school? Here in LA. It's okay. It was, it's weird because I say Cleveland chiropractic and people think it was in Cleveland, Ohio. Right. Or the Cleveland, the Cleveland clinic or something. It was just the name of a, of a guy that, that was a chiropractor and created a school. So they have one in Kansas City and one here in LA. And I, I went to the one in LA. Okay. So you get in this motorcycle accident. And yet, like you said, it you're the patient. What uh, what was that experience like for you? It must have been, I mean, completely mentally and physically debilitating. Yeah, it's not unlike anyone else. You know, like accidents happen at the worst time. That's why they call them accidents. You know, I wasn't prepared for what was coming, um, and I don't think anyone really is. So, <clears throat> without knowing it, I was like this little case study. You know, looking back on it now, you have twenty twenty vision looking back on things. And I didn't, I didn't realize what I was experiencing, but it certainly gave me a completely different perspective on injuries. It gave me a real strong understanding of nerve pain. And also the, it gave me faith in the body's ability to regenerate and restore itself with the right kind of tools and motivation, you know? So I, those, that it, it was, it was a terrible experience at the time because I had just finished school. And student loans like two hundred grand. Right. I just started a practice with a buddy of mine. Here and in that LA. was here in LA. Okay. Yeah. And I so you know the finances that went into that. Um, there, there wasn't. I didn't have. I didn't know how I was going to pay the next month's bills. So, I'm using my hands to create my money, generate right revenue, and now suddenly I'm injured and I can't do that. So, I think that that transcends across a lot of different things, right? So no matter what you're doing, injuries suck. And I just happen to be in a perspective where I'm a chiropractor, now I'm injured, uh, now what do I do? Right, and so what was the extent after your accident? Like what kind of injuries are we talking about? Uh, the, well, I, I, my arm got cut open, my right arm. Uh, had a, It was a blunt trauma, I split my arm open <clears throat> at the time. And then I the injury actually caused a lot of soft tissue damage in my neck and down the right side of my up my upper extremity my right arm so it was basically a disc bulge a disc protrusion or disc herniation because it completely bulged out it was about nine millimeters and in that space in your neck there's not nine millimeters for anything really excessive so it just caused a lot of nerve damage so you know, pain sets in and then atrophy because the nerves are being choked off and then blood flow, lack of blood flow. So you start to atrophy and the, my chest and right arm looked like a 12 year old girl. Like you couldn't, 
it didn't look like this part of my body was weird. Much smaller. Yeah, way smaller. Muscles, muscles were gone. My daughter, I remember I was putting my getting dressed or something, and she was in the room, and she's like, "Daddy, what's wrong with your boob?" Because <laughs> I had like one of my just there was no tone to it. So it right. Was, so that experiencing all of that was at the time not important right. other than it was just pain. But looking back on it now, it all really kind of adds into the whole story. And how tall are you? Like, what, give give the people at home listening like a sense of like what stature we're working with. <laughs> I'm 5'11", 230. So you're a big guy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, 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 and I've always, my family's big, so I've always been a little bigger. And I work out a lot, so I think I carry my, people always accuse me of being a UFC fighter. <laughs> not a UFC fighter. Side gig. Yeah. Side hustle. Right? All right, so you're working with all of this pain and this nerve damage, and you're trying to come back from that. And what what does that look like for you? Uh, well, you get desperate. You know, you don't you don't because I'm a chiropractor and had been trained to be a chiropractor. I, my options were a little bit more or different or broad or whatever word you want to use than the typical person because in typical medicine you would get surgery right away. You know, you'd, and then you'd go through the rehab and and I didn't want to get cut open. So understanding what chiropractic does and how know the mechanics of my body. Once I got that MRI of my neck, I was like, okay, I can do this. But I had no idea what the pain was going to be like. Would someone have suggested you to get surgery? Oh, I did. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. I had friends at Cedars that were spinal guys and they, they looked at my MRI and like, dude, you have to get surgery. I said, why? Well, there's no way you're going to be able to deal with the pain and it's going to cause structural damage in your neck where that you're going to have permanent nerve damage and I'm like I don't know that that's good enough for me right so I just thought you know what I'm going to treat myself and I'm like buck up I'm going to make this happen but you just have no clue how bad that pain is and it's not so much the intensity although it's easily an eight out of ten yeah it's the consistency like it doesn't stop I just think about the mental toughness that goes with that and I think in my head I feel like I can draw some parallels to this, like, I can do it myself mentality. Yeah. It's like, I can handle this. Like, I can do that. But yeah. when it comes to pain, man. You know, I think that an interesting thing about life for me, and I've been through really kind of life-challenging situations, you just don't know what you're going to do till you have it. Yeah. You know, people say that. Well, how'd you do that? Well, I'm sure if we talked with you, you'd been through something that I would be like, what? There's no way. I think... I think that's just a testament to us as humans. We can really go through a lot and yeah. still be able to look. I I sit at a stoplight sometimes and I see homeless people and the way they treat their body. I'm like, that's just a testament. This thing can be beat to hell mm-hmm. and you can still keep living. Yeah. So, yeah, it, you know, I don't pat myself on the back for getting through the pain. I just look at it as was an amazing opportunity for me to learn something that has been affecting a lot of people. So. Right. Okay. So you're working through the pain. Yeah. And uh, when, like, at what point do things maybe start to feel like there's a light at the end of the tunnel? Because how long was this recovery process? Well, for it, it, the, the accident was in October of 2007. Um, the blunt or the most of the trauma uh, from my from the accident really didn't manifest until about Christmas time. Mm. Um, and it just slowly started coming on. I was getting cramps in different areas and not really understanding what was happening. It really taught me this process that your body goes through with trauma. 
So I, I can understand that now when I speak with patients. I get, oh, okay, you're in that zone. Wow, this is coming up. This is kind of, so it was really kind of a cool thing for me to be able to go back time and time again and think about the process that I went to. But I was dealing with pain um, in, in February, late January, February was when I kind of had enough of the pain. I, right. I started thinking really outside the box. I, I, none of the stuff, none of my modalities at my office were working, tens and heat and all that shit. It just, I really was frustrated because that was what we were taught to use and they didn't really fix me. So I'm thinking I have all these patients coming in for these issues and I'm giving them these lame treatments. Like I need something better. Right. So now you go into February. Now it's 40 days, 45 days of me dealing with this pain three in the morning and you don't get 10 minutes of relief. And I had to sit with my arm, my right arm on my head to take the pressure off the nerve. That's the only relief I got. And it went down maybe three or four. So now I'm dealing with a six and I, any movement was like someone jabbed me. So you get to this crazy moment where, you know, I say necessity is the mother of invention. That's what was, that's what it was. I needed something and I didn't care what it sounded like. I didn't care what it looked like. First one's actually right there. Yeah. So um, Dr. Jason just pointed at uh, one of the tools where I also feel like it's important to disclaim <laughs> the uh, the circumstances of which this podcast is being recorded. Yeah, it's actually. in a cool little room. <laughs> I'm visiting Dr. Jason at his new headquarters here in Santa Monica. Yeah. The computer and the microphone are on a treatment table. Yeah. The microphone's propped up on a noble sneaker box. Yep, yep. And uh, we're surrounded by a bunch of different toys in here. Yeah. Okay. So you tools. decide you decide that what you're doing, whether it's, you know, like different strengthening exercises, different types of heat therapy, none of it's working. Yeah. It was just dealing with the pain. I just wanted the pain to go away. Yeah. I wasn't trying to bench more, curl more, run more. I wasn't, that was never the thought at the time. It just, it was one singular thing. I need the pain to go away, and how can I do that? I was introduced to vibration, obviously through school, and as a therapist, you're you're introduced to that. But it this is 2007. I mean, foam rolling still wasn't that big of a deal then. So if you think about the tools that I had available to me as a regular consumer, let alone a chiropractor, there weren't that many. So I started using this product I had in my office that vibrated, and it was it had variable speeds, but it did not have variable amplitude. Didn't understand what that meant at the time. I was going to say, I bet the people at home don't understand what that means either. Variable speeds, I could speed up the, the vibration. I could make it go faster or slower. But the amplitude, meaning how far it would come off my body and then back on my body, I couldn't, cha I couldn't change that. So it was measured in nanometers, which is like super, super small. So it's like taking like those things you get at like Brookstone or something and putting mm -hmm. it on your body. It's like blah, 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 blah. It just doesn't have really any strength to it. Right. So that's what I was using for a while. And that really got me thinking like this works, but it doesn't work good enough. So I realized really quickly, I need something stronger. What does that mean? Well, I needed, I was getting variable speeds, but I wasn't getting variable amplitude. Okay. I need a better amplitude and I need something I can hold myself. And I need something that's powerful enough that when I lean on it, cause I needed the pressure up in my armpit that it doesn't stop. So other products out there would. I'd prop it up and I'd get this thing and I'd rest on it and it'd go, it's bottom out. I'm like, lame. Okay, that thing sucked. This isn't helping me. No, not at all. Like who thought of this? This yeah. feels good on my grandma, <laughs> right? She might like it, but it's I'm done with it after three seconds. So it just kind of this cycle of searching and searching and searching. And 
with my background, I worked with power tools. I, 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 I laid flooring when I was younger and my parents, we had a farm and I worked on tools and there's just this mentality of like, figure it out. And also the time I was poor, I was broke. I didn't have money. So I thought, well, even if it's $400 or $1,000, I don't have that. There must be something out there surely, but I can't afford it. I'll just make my own. Right. So one night sitting in my apartment in Culver City, went out to my shed, pulled out all my tools, brought them in, sat them down, put my hand on my head because I couldn't move my arm and I made something, put a couple things together, used it. No, nope. a couple more times. No, nope. Okay. That one. Yeah, there it is. Propped it up on my leg, put a book underneath it and just shook the shit out of my body. <laughs> and I realized that the more violent my body shook, the pain would go away. So I'd have these moments of like pain free. I'd get goosebumps. I'd breathe. It was really weird. And I'm like, what the heck's going on? Yeah, like I haven't felt that in forever. No. And it was such a relief that I was like, okay, that's it. So I would I would do it and then shower because it'd give me a few minutes to shower and not have the pain. I would do it and eat. I would do it and go to sleep as long as I could. So I started using it to address my pain to get through my day. And that's what's how it started. So then really quickly, I'll, I'll, I'll think you're probably going this direction, kind of created the first one in February of 2008. And the first, you're talking about the, the first, first Theragun. Theragun, the yeah. first version. People think it was G1, but that was way later. Um, and then in July of 2008 is when I was about 100%. I felt like, okay, I'm strong. There's no more pain. And I put it away like I was done with it. I did what I needed to do. It was kind of a selfish thing, but I put it away didn't think about it. A few months later, I had a patient come into my practice, looked at his pa his paperwork, looked at his injury, saw his MRI, and this guy was basically me, about the same age, had an automobile accident, suffering from a nerve in his neck, his insurance sucked, he didn't make a lot of money, and I knew that if I didn't provide some way for him to be out of pain, that this guy was going to suffer for a long time. Mm. So I'm like, man, how do I tell this guy this? So I brought him and his wife in and said, listen, I see what's going on here. And I explained to him how important it was to keep him out of that cycle of pain. Because when you're in the cycle of pain, I have to reach way down in there and pull you out. And as a chiropractor, I don't see you for like 15, 20 minutes a day. You have 23 and a half hours the rest of the day where you're suffering. And that's always going to win. So if I'm just trying to get you out of pain, I'm burning your money. Right. And you can do that. Right. So how about we get you get you out of pain so when you come in, I can do some really good therapy. And I think that that's like such an important takeaway about like a great doctor because I can't tell you how many times I have been in and out of different like physical therapist's office and, and thought to myself that this feels like a massive waste of my time. <laughs> and then I finally went I to, I finally went to a, a physical therapist's office in, in New York City, bespoke treatments. I think you know those guys yeah, as yeah. well. I'm just texting, literally. Yeah. Dan. Yeah. So Dan is a good friend of mine and, um, and his team there is excellent. And it wasn't until I went to see Dan and he did like a few different things in one session and I walked out of that office and I was like, that is what it's supposed to be like when you go to a physical therapist. They're supposed to give you homework. You're supposed to do be able to do things on your own and they're supposed to teach you something. Yeah. I had never felt like I really learned before when I walked into someone's office like that. So to hear you say that that's something that you prioritize, yeah. especially with your patients, yeah. that that's something that you prioritize with your patients, I think that's so telling of the kind of person that you are. 
Yeah, I, I guess, but that, <laughs> that makes sense to me. I mean, yeah. it doesn't, why would I care more about your body than you do? Right. That's amazing. Like that's a lot of, that's a lot of disempowerment. So for me, and, and I've met Dan and I, it's really weird. We have this like kindred thoughts and spirits. He's a good dude, but I'm glad you experienced that because it, you don't understand it until you have. Yeah. And then when you do, it's like this kind of light bulb experience. So you have this happened. man, you have this man and his wife in your practice. And, and I explain it to him. She looks at me like, what are you nuts? And I, the next day I brought it back to the office and I shared it with him and I showed him how to use it and I explained to him what he's doing. So what is this at the time? Like, it was like that? a, it was a power tool. Yeah. It was a plug in power tool that I kind of combined these two things and then made my own attachment. And I used this little ball. It was a golf, foam practice golf ball that I eventually ended up, you know, those little, uh, rainbow, uh, cat toys. Yeah. Little foam ball. Yeah. That's what I ended up using as well. That's normal. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I showed it to him, showed him how to use it. But what happened is he experienced the same thing that I did. And I was like, wait, there's something to this. Right. Fast forward now, thousands of people are doing it for the same reason. But my question to you is obviously that doesn't happen overnight. No. Like these thousands of people <laughs> don't just get a Theragun in their hands, their hands overnight. Yeah. So how does one go from like this, this moment where you're this aha moment to, all right, we're going to make this thing and we're going to make it something really great. There's not one sentence to describe that. There's really not. It's, it's, uh, and you said you were broke at the time. Yeah. And so like, and what? you know what? I'm going to be like, I, I quit at least a dozen times. Yeah. Meaning I, fuck this. I'm, I don't have the time for this. This isn't going anywhere. You know, they say when you're the first to do something, you're crazy. Yeah. How you know many times I was the crazy guy? Oh, you're that guy. You're the crazy Cairo. That's the look I get. Oh, and it just, it was literally overcoming. And, and to be honest, dead honest, there's something about this thing that's bigger than me. Yeah. It just pushed me and I couldn't, it's like, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't drive. It was always there. Like, don't let me go. Don't let me go. And I would see it affect people's lives in such a positive way. That's what drove me. I think it's really special too. I uh, I had Sadie Lincoln on the podcast. She's the founder of Bar 3. Mm. And she told me that when she finally concepted Bar 3 in her head, she went into what she affectionately calls to be warrior state. And that's when you your eyes on the prize, you know you're doing the right thing. And when you've got that certain level of passion, it doesn't feel like work anymore. No, it doesn't. And that's where I'm at now. I mean, I, I people say, how do you do that? Because I travel a lot. It's not I swear to God, this is going to seem super crazy, but I'm just sharing smiles. How is that bad? Like right. how, it's not work. Travel sucks. Like in and out of airplanes and in with TSA and anyone that's in that industry is God bless them. Cause that's a really tough thing, but it's what I'm doing is not work. It's, it's really, a, it's the biggest blessing ever. Taking a quick break to give the sponsor of today's episode, Good American, a little bit of love. Good American, famously backed by Khloe Kardashian and Emma Greed, designs premium denim, bodysuits, and now activewear. You know what I love about their stuff? 
that it's size inclusive. I'm proud of my body, but I've got what I affectionately love to call soccer thighs, aka runner thighs, aka just muscular thighs. <laughs> Good Americans leggings are high-waisted and they hug my body and my curves in all the right places. I wore their uh, breakthrough crop legging to hot yoga earlier this week and I felt cute, yeah, but of course, more importantly, super supported. Available in sizes extra small to 4X, head on over to goodamerican.com Emily and use the code EMILYGA for 20% off plus free shipping over $100 through October 31st of this year. Again, that is goodamerican.com slash Emily. Use the code EMILYGA for 20% off plus free shipping over $100 through October 31st of this year. I'm back here sitting down with Dr. Jason Worsland. He is the creator of the Theragun. So talk to me about uh, how the first Theragun really came to be. Like, were you looking at prototype after prototype? Well, were actually, you, who yeah. were you working with? Yeah, yeah. Like, the, 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 so the, the G1 was actually my fifth version. Technically, we released it for sale the same time we kind of did our website, which was in the middle of 2016. So May, June of 16. Then in August of 2017, we released the G2. So I, we created what is now the G2 that everyone knows. So it's the it's the sixth version over all these years, and it's 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 been a work a community product. That's why sometimes when people are like you did this, I championed it a little bit. But man, I couldn't have done this without so much input. I mean, we have different attachments that were created from by friends of mine that were so cool and willing to just let me have like the information to have the information to make that. So <clears throat> the the fact that it has a 12 volt battery, you know, that's definitely something I wanted, but to get the confirmation from other people that were using some of my first versions, dude, the cord sucks, you need a battery. So, you know, you asked like, how did it get here? It was a lot of input, a lot of help and something in the universe that just wouldn't let me leave it. <laughs> so you're saying that not every Theragun has like a rainbow cat toy? On the, uh, on the you know what? It. If you want one of those, <laughs> I'm sure you can find one. <laughs> Limited edition. Yeah, right. I think it's important, kind of, to note that how much does the Theragun retail for right now? Uh, the G2 is five ninety nine. Okay, and I think that obviously, with anything that costs a substantial amount of money, yeah. some people are going to look at that price tag and be like, "Wow, that's a lot." Yeah, that there's a barrier to entry of sorts, right? Totally. For someone that wants to benefit their mobility. What are like some like kind of easy suggestions you might have to them if like they don't have access or really can't afford a Theragun? Huh, great question. There are other products out there that do provide um, a vibrational therapy to the to your tissue in the body that responds to that. Mm -hmm. um, there's you know there there's the constant pressure from foam rolling. You know, some people that have used the product for a while will say this is foam rolling made easier without pain. So I think the fact that there's that direct link to it, it I think it's two parts. Number one, it's you're kind of using it in the same areas. And the second thing is you're kind of looking for that same outcome. So I'm not a huge um, proponent of foam rolling because I think sometimes your margin for error is so high. 
Why don't you really quickly, for someone that may never have picked up a foam roller, what is like the goal typically by using one? It's called controlled trauma. And what you're doing is you're stimulating the body's natural response to either flushing out post-exercise toxins, um, kind of working out what what people refer to as trigger points or knots in their muscle. And as as little as working out, you know, post-exercise pain, like I'm super sore from riding a bike or doing a spinning class and I just want that pain to go away. For a long time that was presented to us that foam rolling does that, helps with that. So your controlled trauma is mashing the muscle and the body recognizes that. So it sends these healing properties there to kind of help heal it. Um, there's There's some science that proves that vibration and percussion actually inhibit the Golgi tendon. I know it's a little off. It's a science. It's a science. Yeah, yeah. Goofy science thing. But the Golgi tendon is the white tissue of our body, which is what we feel when we're tight. When you're like, wake up or you're getting ready to play or work out or something and you're just not ready. That not ready means my body's not mobile enough for me to move and feel safe. So how do I do that? Well, traditionally, you would stretch and ride a bike and warm up and get your body moving and heat your tissue up so that you feel quote unquote ready. The, there's a, some science coming out that shows that static stretching actually isn't really good for our bodies. And if you can provide some sort of mechanical stimulation, vibration, percussion, foam rolling, anything like that, you're going to help facilitate that range of motion increase and your body's ability to move better. So. To answer your question directly, yeah, um, there are other products out there. There's one called the Thumper that you can buy at at uh, Brookstone. Yeah, it's got two little balls on the end. And you turn it on. It has variable speeds. But the the thing that's really tough to duplicate is what we've found, and I always call it the secret sauce. Yeah, is the amplitude, frequency, and torque of our product. Right. So those three things combine are what really makes it. And I had to learn this. Believe me, it wasn't something that I was like, oh, yeah, got it. Bing, lottery. Yeah. It was like I really had to work through that. So if they can find something that has those three things, you know, go for it. Why is it important to be mobile in the first place? Like, what does that do for your body? The more mobile you are, the more healthy you are. The less mobile you are, the more dead you are. Mm. So I say mobility and balance. If you look at a little kid, eight, nine-year-old kid who has his mobility and balance, that's healthy at its extreme. Now you take a 90-year-old person, they have the total opposite. Zero flexibility, zero mobility. They're closer to dying. So in, a, in my practice, that's usually what I would say to people. If you have balance and mobility, you're alive. The less amount of balance and mobility you have, the more dead you are. Yeah. <laughs> to be blunt, that's it. So my goal as a physician, as a chiropractor, as a health practitioner is... I want you to have more mobility yeah. and more balance. I could tell you were really, uh, you really meant that because you were excitedly clapping your yeah. hands. Yeah, no, it's it's I, like it's, I love it because it works. There's a way to do it. Aside from mobility work, what do you think is a way that uh, people are unintentionally neglecting their bodies on the regular? Uh, now in two thousand. 18. I think there's a big push right now. Our lifestyles kind of um, support this high intensity training. So you have this 45 minutes, I'm going to go do this hit class, or I'm going to do a spin class, or I'm going to run to this thing. And 
we don't take the time to prepare our bodies for this high intensity training for however many minutes you're going to do that. And we don't take the time for our bodies to recover from that. So you just bolt out the class, take the class and you bolt back to work, shout, oh yeah, I shout, I got back in my desk or back to what I was doing in the time that I wanted to. So there's, there's all these things around us that support that, but there's really been nothing to help treat ourselves. Yeah. You have to, you have to schedule massage and believe me, I, this for the record, love massage therapists. This does not replace a massage therapist. There's something super valuable to having someone put their hands on you and move your tissues and touch you the way a massage therapist do. You can't get that. You can't duplicate that. But this is something to kind of bridge the gap between those painful days where your shoulder might be sore and you don't have the time to see a massage therapist. So to answer your question, I think it's the nowadays it's the high intensity training that people are participating in and not taking the same amount of time to treat their bodies from the wear and tear it gets. Did that yeah. answer your question? No, totally answered my question. Cool. Uh, speaking of wear and tear, I feel like you probably experienced that a fair amount because of your ridiculous travel schedule. Yeah. So like, give me like a snippet of what you've been up to for the past month. Um, Where have you been? I came back from, I was in Poland, um, Germany, France, New York. Um, got back, was home for a few days, like yeah. two days. And then I left for China. Uh, actually Seoul, Korea, I was in there for, there for five days, Hong Kong for five days, Shanghai for three days, Beijing for five days, flew back, got back at one thirty in the morning. And the next morning at seven, I flew to my family farm and hung out with my family. So it's been nonstop. How do you find balance when you're constantly on the go like that? It's, it's, you know, my, my form of meditation is working out. That's where I get a chance to just kind of let it go and just breathe. Um, I got to do a presentation with Wim Hof in Germany and to be able to understand and hear his perception of breathing and how it really affects our parasympathetic and our sympathetic nervous system. There's really no other science out there like that. <laughs> His attitude about it is so infectious. I love the way he presents, but that I, I try to work out. I try to breathe. What do you, uh, what do you do to work out? Um, I have these little routines that I do. It really depends on what hotel I'm in, to be honest with you. Yeah. I do insanity mm -hmm. as often as I can, you know, depending on the situation and where I'm at. Um, definitely don't do insanity the day I'm going to travel because then I'm, doing the exact thing I told you, high intensity, and then I sit. You know, it's really important to, when you use the Theragun, that you include moving. So yeah. no matter how much I use a Theragun after an intense insanity workout, jumping on an airplane is just not the best thing. So I stay active. You know, I try to I try to eat right, try, exclamation try. I'm a huge sweet guy. <laughs> uh, it's just really trying to plan that out. Like, where am I going? What am I doing? How can I fit in a workout? When you look back over the last 10 or so years, what has been some of the best advice that you've been given in your career? Because things have taken off for you in the last yeah. two years since this really got going. Consistency. There's a, there was a post that, that The Rock put up that had there was something about the level of success is relative to the, your ability to be consistent. And that's hard. 
I feel like patience and consistency don't apply until you're over them. <laughs> huh. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'll be patient. Well, they wouldn't be tell you to be patient if you were impatient. Mm-hmm. Be consistent. They wouldn't tell you to be consistent if you weren't in if you were inconsistent. So it that's what I had. It's it's doing it every single time. Like when I wake up in the morning, I had to do what I had to do that day, and I had to keep doing it and keep doing it. And when I tell you I quit a dozen times, there were days I'm like, screw this, I'm not doing this today. For some reason, that habit just jumping right back on a couple of days later and doing it again. So that was a good one. I've had some really good friends of mine that are kind of spiritual guides and therapists. And, you know, they've said, you know, you just have to listen to your that voice inside and stay focused and believe and trust. And I met this kid in Seoul, Korea, who asked me the same question. We were having dinner and I and he didn't want to hear the question, the answers. And I just said, you have to keep going. Why didn't he want to hear the answer? Because it was he was to the point I could tell that he was worn out and he created something that he wanted to release and he'd keep butting his head against something. And I didn't know that. I didn't know enough of his story. But as I was saying this, I see him tearing up and he was really emotionally responding to what I was saying. And I asked him more about it. And it was just he's like, I knew you were going to say that. I have to keep going. I know, obviously, you're passionate about your product, but on those days that you felt like just so exhausted, what other factors in your life like really kept you going? Kids, for sure. Yeah. That there's no way I was going to let them down. I have to. Here you go. Let's like take the tears here. Uh, Kids, for sure. And you know, setting a good example for them. And this, there's something about it. I can't explain it. it. There's something about this thing that I couldn't shake. You know, I'd, I'd quit. I'd, I did practice management. I worked with software stuff in, in California, um, building software programs for physicians in injury-based practices. So I was really kind of dabbling and working in that that would help fund my ability to spend time researching and building more products and things in the Theragun. So that was kind of my my way of getting through it. Um, but I would, I would be like, okay, screw that. I'm not doing Theragun anymore. I can't handle this. I got, and I'd turn and spend three or four days really focused on that other businesses, the other businesses that I was doing consulting and something would happen. Some patient would call an athlete would call, Hey, can you treat me? Yeah. And I'd inevitably turn to the gun because it would do what I needed to do in a quick way. And the way they would respond, I would just feel an immense responsibility to not deny that. So I couldn't, it was like this curse when you say i I just i meant to i meant to ask you uh was the name theragun like pretty easy to come up with no you kidding (laughs) jeez like three or four years of names and i don't even want to tell you some of the names we had one day one night i was sitting i mentioned to you i did this practice management i was working with a buddy of mine we were in the sag building on wilshire and it was late one night we were both in our offices working away doing reporting and stuff and he yelled i got it what? Come here. We're in his office and he's sitting there and he said it. Theragun. And I was like, whoa. I remember when I came up with Hurdle, I was sitting in my apartment, not even thinking about, thank you, not even thinking about the podcast, just talking about some stuff I was going through with a girlfriend. And I looked at her with so much sincerity and I said, I just need to get over this hurdle. Boom. Well, I, I get that a lot. I totally understand what you're talking about. And it just happened. It was like, yep, 
Like that's it. And then, and then all the other things started to happen. That warrior state started to happen. It was like, all right, well now we've got a name and all right, we're talking about hurdles, but like, I care so much about health and wellness and I'm a certified personal trainer and this is like what I'm good at. So I'm going to talk to people that like care about wellness and we're going to talk about these hurdles and we're going to get through them together and sit here and probably cry half the time. And that's just what we're going to do, man. And so I hear you. I hear you when when you hear that name and you get that feeling. Yeah, it's undeniable. I, I, I get it. If you have the opportunity to give someone a book, what books do you like to gift? The Secret. You remember that from a while ago? Did from they, a while ago. Yeah, it was. It's probably ten years ago or so. The Secret is one that just talks about intention mm-hmm. and how to live with intention and understanding how to work with within the powers of the universe because there are universal laws and just understanding those things that that to me is something that i always go back to i i'm i'm reading the 50th law i don't know if you've read that one not yet it's about 50 cent it's a really cool book an inspirational book the last person that i would have thought that would have written something like this but it's a really cool book it's kind of weird that i feel like in conversation lately 50 cent has been coming up a fair where is that guy you know what i don't know <laughs> i think it's actually because he's been on this episode of million dollar listing that's been oh. on repeat lately oh okay. and so all of a sudden 50 cent is relevant interesting i didn't know that i haven't been here <laughs> but, watch TV. But, but you are you're reading this book so yeah it was a it's a really cool book inspirational just but it talks about how just never quitting yeah so those are anything that has anything to do with that i mean i get people share books with me all the time and unfortunately i'm not a huge reader yeah but i love people that inspire you to just keep pushing forward totally that's the and trust the universe yeah. I mean, you uh, you take a step back and you look at your career so far and you think about the people you have treated. Also, I feel like it's kind of important to talk about the things that the Farragut can do aside from like help with mobility. And for you, it helped you kind of treat some of the nerve damage and the rehab that you were going through. Yeah. I remember when we sat down previously, we were talking about uh, vibration therapy in relation to like arthritis. Yeah. What are, like what else are people using this for? Um, pain signals to our brain travel in at a frequency. The brain has a hierarchy, and you know we're sitting here, and if some guy busted through that door with a gun, that would become way more important than anything we're talking about. Right. That's the brain's way of surviving. So that same law applies to us throughout the day. The most the highest stimulus is what our brain is focusing on. So whether it's the necklace around your neck that you put on in the first three seconds, you were aware of it until you got it where you wanted it. And then you haven't thought about it probably since you put it on. So the brain recognized that. So that that's not important. But if you, what I like to use as a comparison, a paper cut, you ever had a paper cut? Most people have had a paper cut. I've had a paper cut. Those suck. They're the worst. Yeah. And it's a paper cut. Really? Yeah. So if you had a paper cut and a sprained ankle, those are those are both to a lay person those are both painful experiences but to the brain they're coming in at different frequencies because the paper cut is on our skin our peripheral nervous system that's coming in at 285 miles an hour really fast that's why you're all aware of it you're like god you can't sleep sometimes because you have a paper cut yeah but you can sleep with a sprained ankle because that signal's coming in at 55 miles an hour. It's mm. really slow. 
-hmm. Understanding those two things is what's really helped me understand how to use the product and why other people are using it. So fibromyalgia. Fibromyalgia is a musculoskeletal problem and it causes pain. Pain that I had is no different than the pain you're, someone would have with fibromyalgia. The nervous system is regulating that as important or not important. So if now I introduce something to your body that's vibrating at a really high frequency on the same area that your paper cut was, you're sending signals in on that pathway. So now that feel-good vibration or percussion is literally overriding the pain they're experiencing from their fibromyalgia. Which is why that would make me feel good if I was using it because I have lower back arthritis. Yes, gotcha. because the arthritis is central nervous system, bones and joints and muscles. Mm -hmm. That travels to the brain at a slower rate than something that's in our peripheral nervous system, our skin. And it's important. You put your hand on a fire, you pull away. Well, if it was a slower process, you'd probably burn yourself before you could pull away. Right. What has been one of the most rewarding things for you? Obviously, now a lot of people know who you are. They know your product. You've had this opportunity to travel around the world. What's one of the most rewarding things that has happened to you in the last couple of years with, with this new opportunity? It's hard to say one thing because it. I just I keep getting blessed and surprised and blessed and surprised. You know, the first time going to Moscow and thinking, what the heck am I doing here? And then seeing that people knew what it was and they were so excited to see me and hear what I'm presenting about this new science. So it, it's, it's, I'm serious. It's tough to, to answer that right now because I feel like my life is just an enormous amusement park and everywhere I turn is amazing experiences. But I think the most basic thing is everywhere I go, people smile. Like I treat them and they smile. It, it, I can't, it, I can't, that's, it's powerful. Totally. So I, I, you know, I, I get to work with amazing athletes, like, you know, people that are, would be considered top in the world. Um, and guess what? They respond the same way you do. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's I don't like, know if you know this about me, but I'm one of the best athletes uh, in the world. I, I didn't want to say that. It's okay. <laughs> I know you don't want to blow up my spot, but I hear you. I think it's important. And it's because you, you've worked on something with all of your heart that, that makes a difference. Yeah. And whether or not, whether you're creating a, you know, a tool for athletes or for the average Joe, or if you're creating, maybe in my case, like a podcast, like working on something that can make a difference is so powerful. Yeah. It's so powerful. I, I, I just thought of this. I think there's the, the things that are, that ignite me are when I find some science validation because for the longest time I was crazy. Like you, there's no way Kelly Starrett is a well-known person in the wellness and treatment of ourself kind of arena. And I Mo had a chance mobility to mobility wad. Yeah. Cause he's a great guy. And a lot of our paths crisscross and we get, get chances to catch up. And the last time he was just like, I love this analogy. He said, if you're, lighting a fire with a match and it keeps blowing out and I come over with a torch and I light that fire with a torch. Do you care how it happened? No, it worked. Like what I have to sit here and explain to you the science of why I have this torch and made that fire. So I love his attitude. It gave me, it really gave me strength to be like, really, you're going to argue with me about this, put it on you and tell me it doesn't work. Right. Right. So it little things like that really like, okay, that just pushed me into that next kind of level to follow that up. I mean, we talk about, 
rewarding situations, but what has been one of the biggest failures that you've experienced that has really taught you one of the biggest lessons? Unfortunately, trusting people. Yeah. That's probably been one of the toughest things. Because it, it initially, when I first had it and people recognized what it is, I would share stories or insight on things that I was doing and it would come back around eventually and get me. I don't know. That's a tough question, mm-hmm. really. It's, I think, I mean, I've, people don't know this, but I've been through four different partners and I've had to bail myself out with all of those partners. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the road to get to where I am now and what you see was not easy. It was, it was five hard years and 10 years, five years before that of just figuring it out and grinding through and just kind of having it be my, your only resource, you know, it's just interesting how things work. So. And having to be strong for yourself, like having to rely on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you, I had family bail on me and, you know, for the longest time, my parents didn't even know what I did. They're like, you went to school to be a chiropractor. What are you doing? Yeah. You know, so there's it. It's really just being kind of thick skinned. And and at the time, it's not like I woke up in the morning and said, I'm going to be thick skinned because I still was hurt by things people would say or bothered by that or anxious because I didn't know what text I was going to get the next morning about things. So it's it's been uh, it's been a roller coaster. But this last few years has been just a, amazing. You have uh, an opportunity to give yourself the guy immediately post motorcycle accident one piece of advice (laughs) what is uh what is the piece of advice that you give to him looking back on it now it's funny you ask that because i've had the opportunity and as a chiropractor i've had that opportunity and i see that look in people's eyes the best thing i can do is just give them faith this isn't permanent it's not going to last forever Trust and have faith. Yeah. No matter what the hurdle is, it's like they all happen to teach us a lesson, right? So when you look back on that accident and like how scary it was at times and yeah. and how you were like, how am I going to be able to use my hands? How am I going to practice? I just spent the last three, four, five, six, eight years with this goal in mind in seconds. Gone. It's changed. Yeah. But now, where, where you said that was 11 years ago? October 2007. Okay. 11 years later, we're sitting in your brand new office in Santa Monica. And that's because you had the mental toughness to not only believe that you were going to get through that without getting surgery, which is bananas, yeah. but then keep your head up when you had this idea and you had faith that you could create a product that was bleeping epic. Yeah. And that's dope. Yeah. It's overwhelming. It's, it's, but it's a cool thing. It's a cool thing. Yeah. It's a cool thing that you get to help a lot of people. Yeah. That's a huge blessing. Thank you. Thank you for sitting down with me. No, thanks for doing this. This is really cool. I'm glad to have met you in New York. It was kind of serendipitous. That serendipitous. Yeah. Please take a moment to leave a quick review by clicking the link with the description to this episode. We all face multiple hurdles in life. 
I want to hear about yours. Reach out to me at emily at hurdle.us. Connect with the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at hurdle podcast. Jason, where do they find you? Where do they find Theragun? Give them the lowdown. Uh, Instagram is at Theragun. You can email me at djw at theragun.com. We have an office in Santa Monica. It's a really cool place, like you said. (laughs) And what's your social handle? Uh, Mine is Dr. Jason Worsland. D-R-J-S-O-N-W-E-R-S-L-A-N-D. I know. When I did it, there wasn't Dr. J wasn't available. I wish it was. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I am at Emily Abadi. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time.